Hey friends, welcome to another episode of Living in Hope. I am your host, Cassie Merritt. All right, so we're doing another pastor's Q&A today, and today I'm going to be sitting down with pastors Chris and Mike, and we're going to be talking about something real big. Actually, a couple of big things. We're going to be talking about the end times, the last days, and heaven. So we're definitely splitting this into two parts, so we'll only be listening to the first part today, but you can come back in a couple of days to listen to part two. But you guys, I want to hear your questions. Seriously, don't be afraid to reach out to me if you have any questions or topics in this pastor's Q&A that you would like me to discuss with them. Uh, I feel like sometimes questions can hold us back from building our faith with Christ, right? We need to be asking the questions that we hold on our heart. So today I'm asking a few questions that I have, that I've always had, and it's awesome to be able to have this opportunity to be able to sit down with the pastors and actually ask those questions. And I wanna give you guys that opportunity as well. But you guys, never be afraid to reach out to your pastors anytime and ask any questions that you might have. I know that they would absolutely love to discuss whatever is on your mind with you. So don't ever be afraid to do that. But this is another great opportunity for you guys to be able to ask questions. But anyways, I don't know about you guys, but I'm ready to get into this conversation. So let's go ahead and dive in. All right. I am so excited to have you guys sitting here with me today. I really enjoy this because I get to dig into your guys' mind a little bit. Like I get you to myself for a little while (laughs) and get to ask these questions that others have sent me. Some of these, though, are a few of my own questions. I'm not going to tell you which ones, but (laughs) a couple of them are my own. But Mike... You had to have known I was coming for you, right? Sure. Yeah. Go for it. <laughs> I have all the answers, yes, I think. Right? Everyone else has been on this podcast, but you haven't yet. I haven't. You haven't. I'm ready. So, <laughs> yes, welcome. And then Pastor Chris, you were on the second episode here on the podcast. I must have been good enough to make the cut again, I think. I mean, I just kind of had to <laughs> circle through people, so you had to come on. No, <laughs> <laughs> no you actually were a huge um, influence for me on mm. this podcast because when you first came in, you said, are you nervous? I'm nervous. <laughs> and it was kind of nice to know like our pastor, senior pastor here is gets nervous for things like this as well. So that helped me. And I actually share that with my other guests sometimes when they're super nervous. Let them know it's okay. I'm, glad, I'm yes. glad I could be a blessing. <laughs> All right, Mike, let's have you introduce yourself. All right. Pastor Mike Brazil. I've been here at the chapel a little over two and a half years. I came up from Southern California, and I was at a church down there for about 40 years. And uh, I love walking with the Lord. I love church. I love people. Mm. And I love learning more about Him and telling others about Him. Yes. It's been fun getting to know you more Mm. and more. Mm. Well, nice getting to know you as well. (laughs) Well, thank Mm -hmm. you. (laughs) All right, Pastor Chris. Well, I came in uh, uh, February of 1997. Uh, Our two daughters were very young. They grew up here. Now they have their own families and yeah. uh, have loved, uh, just loved serving here. Yeah. And uh, 
I was 37. How old are you, Kat? No, I shouldn't ask that. You say, you're <laughs> you younger than 30, so you probably, yeah. So anyway. Do you want to guess? Uh, I, <laughs> better go, I better spot? go 23. <laughs> no. So I was 37. I was just, uh, I had hair. Yeah. I had hair when I came. And uh, Had hair. And so just so you all know, if you don't know Pastor Chris, he's bald, okay? Very, very <laughs> much so. Uh, actually, I had hair. It was a poof on the a front. Poof. It was a poof, a 37-year-old poof. Oh, the poof. Yeah, okay. I had the poof. Yeah, Pastor Poof. But anyway, um, yeah, so I have just settled down here. This is home. Camino yeah. Island is definitely home for Absolutely, us. Absolutely, yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel that now. Mm-hmm. This has definitely been home. All right, so I'm going to help go ahead and dive into this because I know it's going to probably take us a while to answer all these questions because it's a pretty, pretty big topic, right? Um, so the topic this time is end times, last days, and heaven. So um, let's start with number one, question number one. What is the rapture? And what will it look like? So the rapture is like really nothing that's ever happened before, at least not on this scale. Yeah. This is worldwide. This is all Christians basically being removed from earth in a, in a twinkling of an eye, in yeah. an instant. Yeah. So this is for people who have received Christ as their Lord and Savior. This is not just for good people. This is not for certain people. It's not just for one country or one side of the earth. It's it's worldwide. It's all believers. So it's the church, God's church, and uh, they're removed. Uh, the only precedent really we have in Scripture would be a couple of the prophets. You have Enoch and you have uh, Elijah mm-hmm. that were removed, and they were just they were translated, if you want to use another term, because it's not an easy way to describe this. This right. doesn't happen every day. Yeah. But they were removed. God removed them from earth. They did not experience death. So these Christians who are alive at the time of the rapture will not experience death. They'll go straight to heaven. Obviously, their bodies must be changed because these earthly bodies don't work in heaven. Uh, we have limitations here. We need water. We need oxygen. We need warmth. We need, we need yeah. things. We need food. <laughs> right. uh, up there, we don't need all of those things. We're not physical. It's more spiritual. Uh, it's kind of a blending of the two. We're here... Uh, we, we are very limited. So we will change. We'll be changed in the twinkling of an eye. Hmm. And so at this point, there is nothing that stands in the way of the rapture happening in five seconds or in 50 years. We don't know the exact timing. Yeah. We're yeah. to be ready all the time. Yeah. And there's, there's no prophecy in the way of the rapture actually happening. So the way has been paved for us to just be translated immediately. So we're to live our lives accordingly. We should be ready to go at any given time. Yeah. And where can we learn? Like, Revelations is probably the biggest, right? Yeah, kind of the the, uh, key note passage is uh, Paul's, the Apostle Paul's letter, first letter to the Thessalonian Mm -hmm. church, 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 through 18. I'll just read that. We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep. Those are people that are dead, but uh, they're believers. So they're described as asleep. Their bodies are in the ground, but their spirit is with the Lord. So uh, just kind of hitchhike on what what Mike was saying. We're talking about the bodies leaving the ground. These are people that have died, but I want to give real comfort to those that I have a loved one that have died, that knew Christ. They go to be immediately with the Lord, their spirit, but their body goes in the ground. Right. So this is going to be for, uh, Mike was, Pastor Mike was, uh, Mike, 
buddy Mike, yeah. whatever. Buddy Mike. <laughs> <laughs> um, Mike was talking about the the rapture for for oh, okay. um, for those who are alive. That one yeah. generation. Yeah. But okay. Here we're talking about the rapture. Kind of has two components. One is that one generation. The other is all those believers that are asleep. Their bodies are in their ground. Their spirit is okay. with the Lord. As Second Corinthians says, to be absent from the body is to be at home with the Lord. So those are asleep. That you may not grieve as those who have no hope. We shouldn't grieve mm-hmm. as believers even though the body's in the ground, verse 14, for since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, through Jesus, God will bring with him those who've fallen asleep. So their spirits come with him to the clouds. The bodies of dead believers will meet the Lord in the air. For this we declare to you by a word from the Lord, that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, that one generation will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ, that's the bodies that are in the ground, spirits come with Jesus to be reunited, they will rise first. So they're first to come out of the cemeteries, and uh, the ashes will be somehow transformed if they're cremated. Then we who are alive that one generation who are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. And then verse 18, I love this. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. And of course, this program is stories of hope. And this is the great story of hope that that we are going to be snatched up yeah, raptured to yeah. be with the Lord. By the way, the yeah. word rapture is from the Latin word rapturo, which simply means uh, catching away. Right. Uh, and okay. it kind of is transliterated into English rapture. So that's that that snatching up of, yeah. of believers. And I totally agree with Mike. There's absolutely nothing, there's no prophecy that needs to be fulfilled at all between mm-hmm. that event and, or be, between this moment yeah. and that event. It yeah. could happen at any time. Wow. Okay, so my question, I have a little side question <laughs> here. So you're talking about um, when God comes, are the bodies that are dead, right? right. In the ground is right. probably the best way to say that. And yes. then they go up with Christ. So don't we eventually come back to Yes. Earth? Uh, so... There's a lot of disagreements. Yeah. One, one okay. thing that our, our listeners should know is that okay. Christians agree on several points. Every Christian, one of those points is that Christ will return. Yes. So not everybody would hold to this event as separate from his return to earth. Okay, yeah. Um, but uh, we teach here at Camino Chapel that the rapture is Christ's coming for the church, mm. the return of Christ to earth is Christ coming with the church back to earth. So right. between yeah. the event that Pastor Mike and I described, the mm-hmm. rapture, and the return of Christ to Jerusalem, where he will come and rule for a thousand years and then into the new heaven, the new earth. We'll talk about that later. Yep. Um, but that's, we believe, is a seven-year period of time that's okay. often called Daniel's 70th week. It's a 70th, in his timetable, it's a 70th seven-year period, the final seven-year period 
leading up to the return wow. of Christ. So, so if okay. you want to look at the rapture and the return of Christ yeah. to earth is the return of Christ uh, phase one and phase two. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Got it. Yeah. What you guys don't realize is I'm actually taking notes yeah. <laughs> as they're talking. I like to remember things. I do that with a lot of people who come on to the podcast. <laughs> I like to take notes. Okay. So we'll move on to the second question here. And that is, are we seeing any aspects of the end times prophecy being fulfilled today? Well, let me read to you out of Second Timothy chapter 3, mm-hmm. okay. and it talks about what the end times will look like, yeah. and I think the listeners can maybe come to the conclusion as to whether we're in those times or not. Oh, okay. But understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty, for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasures rather than lovers of God. Those are 18 Mm -hmm. different things that as I used to read them prior to our current era, uh, so going back, you know, 10, 20, 30 years ago as a believer, I'd read this and I'd think, well, well, there are those kind of people around all the time, but it's not a prevailing attitude. Hmm. But we're seeing now in society and watching the news on a daily basis, this is common. All yeah. of these uh, descriptions are describing people I'm watching on TV and reading online every day, uh, the actions, their attitude, mm-hmm. wanting to change government, wanting to change uh, perception, wanting to change history even. Yeah. And, it, and it has nothing to do with God. Uh, everything that they're talking about is talking about themselves uh, their dream of what the world ought to be, but it does not ever include God from what I'm hearing yeah, in them. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. I I, uh, I think probably to me the number one uh, fulfillment today was uh, on May 14th, 1948. That date mm-hmm. is a miracle. That's when Israel... <sighs> Reemerged as a nation after, yeah. you know, However, a couple yeah, thousand yeah. years, and and uh, yeah. uh, have been in uh, Tel Aviv in Israel's um, Independence Hall, and they have it all set up, very humble building. Everything is the way it was in 1948, and when you go in, they play a a tape, and I think it's of David Ben Gurion proclaiming that. Uh, Israel has now become a nation. And when you look at the end times, you look at the seven-year Daniel 70th week, which is what we often hear is the Great Tribulation. Clearly, Israel is a nation. And in fact, there is a great Jewish ethnic revival that happens during that, the close of that, towards Mm -hmm. the end of that seven years. And so Israel is a nation. It is a story for the ages that they are brought back together. It's truly amazing. And Israel has to be a nation for the events in the book of Revelation during right. the tribulation. Again, yeah, right. the, the, the main part of Israel is after we are gone. What, what, when we are with Christ, you know, Jesus said that uh, in his father's house are many mansions. 
yes. in the book yeah. of John and that he's going to take us to receive us unto himself, that we can be with him forever. It's after that we often hear is the rapture. We are going to see, the earth is going to see Israel return, gonna, as the Old Testament scripture is going to um, look upon the one they have pierced and they're going to mourn and there's going to be a great revival, Romans mm -hmm. chapter 11. So Israel become a nation is, uh, it's just, a it is a it's miracle. A, it's huge. Yeah. yeah. Very much. It's so. huge. Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. So let's go to question number three. Are there or will there be modern day prophets and how will we recognize them? So I actually got a text from a friend who was asking about this question. And that's kind of what triggered this whole topic mm -hmm. was because she's like, so I have these friends who say they're following these prophets and they're okay. sharing yeah. some things with them. And she's like, I don't know if I should believe them. So I want you guys to kind of speak on that question a little bit. Okay. Yeah. Um, a prophet or prophecy, okay. we'll, say, we'll use the word prophecy, yeah, prophecy. Um, yeah. has two aspects to it. The first is forth-telling. Forth-telling is proclaiming the word of God as it comes to your, your mind. You, you know the scripture, and God brings, uh, this is my interpretation or my, okay. my theory, yeah. I'll give you. Yeah. Uh, it, 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 sometimes, let me give you an example, Cassie, when I am preaching, uh, something comes to my mind that's from based in scripture that I've never thought about before. And it's just, and you'd think, how could that come into my mind while I'm preaching? Mm. So I think that is the gift mm -hmm. of prophecy. It, it, it's, a, it's a supernatural ability that God brings to mind scripture and application. And it's also the broader pictures simply proclaiming yeah. forth telling the word that is that gift continues um the the gift of foretelling not forth telling okay sharing forth the word of god foretelling uh i do not believe uh is present today people that might add to the book of revelation to say hey i've got a prophecy that so and so is i don't know the antichrist or whatever yeah. Yeah. so here's a couple scriptures okay. ephesians chapter 2 19 through 22 says that the church has been built on the foundation, laying the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Okay. Uh, you ever wonder why, hey, why isn't there scripture being written today? Why is the Bible completed with the apostles and the prophets? Because this is the foundation that was laid uh, in scripture. So uh, a modern day prophet uh, that would say, I have a prophecy about the United States or, or whatever they're going to prophesy about, it's not scripture, and it is mm -hmm. not it is not um, from God okay. if they're foretelling. Okay. Hebrews chapter one verses one and two says that uh, long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, and the last days really begin when Christ came to earth. It's this. It's the last era of time. In these last days, God, he, God, has spoken to us by his son. So before, he spoke to us by prophets. Yeah. Now he speaks to us through the, the character and teachings of Christ as embodied in the scripture. Uh, so I would not uh, encourage or advise someone to 
um, follow modern day prophecies or prophets. Second okay. uh, Peter says, we have all we need for life and godliness. We have the word of God. We have the power of the Holy Spirit. Right. Um, so there are a lot of modern day prophets um, and a n- number of them are from here, the United States. You may have heard of the Kansas City prophets. Uh, if you listen to the program, um, th- some of their prophecies maybe seem to have come true some have not and of course the old testament says if you if you uh, prophesy and you're an error in just one prophecy you are not you're a false prophet you may recall the pastor i believe he was in the state of nevada that prophesied that uh, the president would be reelected yeah and he came out and had to apologize yeah. later he held on to it for <laughs> all the way through the inauguration of our new president. Right. But he apologized, and and, um, Scripture doesn't um, look very kindly on those who bring false prophecies. It brings false hope and broken hope when, hey, it didn't come true. Yeah. No, Mike, if you want to add to that. Or- yeah, in uh, Deuteronomy 18.22, when a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord, if the thing does not happen or come to pass, that is the thing which the Lord has not spoken. The prophet has spoken it presumptuously. You shall not be afraid of him. Mm. And then also in Second uh, Peter uh, 1.20, it says, knowing this, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation. So somebody making up something new, coming up with a new twist to Scripture, uh, a new revelation that it's it's not a private interpretation. One man doesn't just have the corner on some knowledge on earth. Why would God withhold mm-hmm. that from all of his people mm-hmm. around the world? Yeah. Yep. So yeah. another thought on that, uh, you had asked on our question here, mm-hmm. uh, will there be modern-day prophets coming? Yeah. We know of two who will be during the tribulation period. Okay. Uh, we as Christians will be gone uh, those of us who are Christians before the rapture, mm-hmm. uh, they are God's prophets, and they have a very distinct purpose. And uh, in Revelation, you can read about them. They're a couple of scary individuals. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> so, but again, they're forth-telling. They are not predicting, hey, you know, next year at this time, this is going to happen in this city. They're 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 still they're kind of uh, they're they're forth telling the word of God, but they okay. are definitely prophets. Yeah. A lot of times, you know, when we read the prophets Jeremiah and Isaiah, we oftentimes think, wow, they're just predicting the future all the time. Yeah, a vast majority is calling people, forth telling, calling people to repentance and to worship God and mm-hmm. to be, you know just and uh, compassionate, merciful. There's a call to return to the Lord. Uh, I don't know, Mike, if, you know, in your studying of, of Old Testament prophets, if you've experienced or seen that yourself as well, a lot of it is yeah. just, this is the word of the Lord about what is true right. and right. Yeah. And they usually were for the people of that day. They were calling the nation of Israel, typically, calling them to repentance. Yes. Uh, they were God's spokesperson in the flesh, to let them know that they're not in sync with God, right. they're out of step with God, there's consequence coming, mm-hmm. and this is what will happen. And they're usually very graphic about their, yeah. illustrative about yes. their uh, yes. their message yes. as well. Absolutely. Oh, man, that was good. Okay, thank you, guys. That was very good. All right, so number four. Who is, okay, this is a big one. <laughs> Who is the Antichrist, and how will we recognize them? 
Well, let me read a script. We, we all yeah. would like to know. Who <laughs> yeah, that yeah. Is. Can we just know. So we, we've, <laughs> we've seen the T-shirts, and they're not they're not exactly encouraging when you see a T-shirt oh, that someone no. has identified no. as the Antichrist, which is uh, yes. Oh gosh. A uh, couple things. Second Thessalonians chapter two verses one through twelve. Okay. Uh, the The Thessalonian church was really uh, alarmed. In fact, verse two says. Uh, the Apostle Paul says, don't be quickly shaken or alarmed because they thought, again, this is a, um, this is our, this would be my interpretation and Mike's as well as what we teach at Command right. Chapel. Right. They thought they had missed the rapture and that they were in the day of the Lord. And he says, don't be alarmed by anybody who even writes a letter from us. It would be a false, a false letter. Yeah. Uh, to affect the day of the Lord. The day of the Lord happens after the rapture, after the after believers leave, then we move into the day of the Lord, that seven seven years. Okay. He says, That day, the day of the Lord, will not happen until the man of lawlessness is revealed. The man of lawlessness was what many people would call the Antichrist, the son of destruction, who opposes and exalts himself against every so-called God and object of worship. So he takes his seat in the temple of God, proclaiming himself to be God. If you remember, we talked about Israel being a nation. Uh, I would interpret this, that there is a third temple to be built on the Temple Mount in Jerusalem. Uh, so... He says uh, uh, there's this, this lawlessness, this lawless one, which the Antichrist. So uh, we are not, as I've oftentimes said, we are not to be looking for the Antichrist. We are be, we're to be looking for Christ. Mm, he comes yeah. upon the scene directly after the rapture and makes a covenant with Israel. And uh, in the first three and a half years of this seven years, he seems to be this, just this awesome, <laughs> once-in-history yeah. great yeah. leader. However, he is satanically inspired, and we find at the midpoint of the tribulation, the midpoint of the day of the Lord, three and a half years, uh, he breaks the covenant with Israel and begins to persecute, uh, especially Israeli believers, Jewish believers, um, so we're not to look for the Antichrist. Right. We're to look for Christ. As Pastor Mike began this broadcast, the, the key here is the next event. If we are alive during that time, we are gone. And then after that, someone will rise up. And it'll be pretty immediate, but I don't concern yeah. myself with the Antichrist. <laughs> I just want to abide in Christ, yes. have his words abide yes. in us. So Yes, and that's how I even feel about like, the end times, you know, it's like, don't be looking yeah. for the end times all the time because that's yes. not. I have seen and I have had very close people in my life that were growing in the Lord. And Mike, maybe you've known them too. They were growing in Christ. New Christians, you just see them, God doing this work and they're learning God's word. And all of a sudden they get caught up in Oh, yeah. Not not just studying, say, the book of Revelation, the book of Daniel, but beginning to apply it in bizarre ways. And they, they became, um, first of all, sense. paranoid yeah. about many yeah. things and cap captured in all kinds of, uh, caught up in all kinds of conspiracy theories. Mm -hmm. 
Plus, they became stale in their walk with Christ and very myopic, very focused, very very obsessed with prophecy and end times. And not that you shouldn't be aware, it's written down for our learning Mm -hmm. uh, so that we can be wise, we can be prepared, we're we're ready. But I wholeheartedly agree, we ought to be looking not for the Antichrist, but Jesus Christ Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. living a godly life. The end times started, Jesus called his time, the end times. We're a lot closer to the end now than the beginning. Yes, I can tell you that. But we don't know the day or the hour. Mm -hmm. Uh, As Christians, we know the times and the seasons so we can get a feel for it. And as a Christian, I can tell you, I've got a feel for it, you know, more so (laughs) now than 44 years ago when I came to faith. Uh, I've seen so many things happen in the 44 years, and Mm -hmm. I thought we were close 44 years ago. So it's a lifetime of being prepared for his return. Yeah, and it's living absolutely. a righteous life waiting. Uh, mm-hmm. But it is, it's curious to just be in tune and to see how the world's going. If I was preoccupied with that rather than following Christ, I think I'd be somewhat depressed, somewhat bummed out at seeing how the world's going down. Yeah. But we were told it would be this way. This, this is not our, not supposed to be our permanent home. Heaven is our permanent home. We're sojourners, we're pilgrims passing through. Even if it's 90 years you live on earth, that's temporary. Yeah. Heaven is forever and ever, as we'll talk exactly. about in a few minutes. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm excited about. So Me not too. preoccupied with what the world's doing, yes. but what I ought to be doing uh, through Jesus Christ on earth. He wants yes. to use me as his hands and feet. Yes, I love that. Yeah, every day we're getting closer to the end of time, right? <laughs> a day closer than yesterday. <laughs> a day closer than yesterday, yeah. yes. absolutely. No, I love that. All right, so let's move to, I'm going to move this one up. So what is the mark of the beast, and is it possible for us to get it today? Well, Cassie, you're talking about uh, what's in Revelation 13 that, okay. that talks yeah. about uh, you have the Antichrist and his kind of his lieutenant or his vice president, which is the false prophet, uh, that um, whether small or great, rich or poor, both free and slave, to be marked on the right hand or the forehead so that no one can buy or sell unless he has the mark. That is the name of the beast or the number of its name. So this is when you talk about the mark of the beast, this is where it's mentioned. A couple of thoughts. One is, we'll come back around and, and we'll probably say this many times. <laughs> yes. Uh, we're not looking for the Antichrist. We're yes. not looking for the mark yeah. of the beast. We are not here. Um, we, we, are, we are gone. But I do want to also give a, an insight that I've been thinking about and, and uh, uh, take it for what it's worth, talking about the mark of the beast. Um, Revelation has a lot of symbolism. It's very difficult, you know, to try to take the symbolism, what is symbolic, what is real. It could be a mark of the beast, like a scan or something. But also, uh, just in the last year, I was struck by Deuteronomy chapter 6, where it talks about um, loving the Lord your God with all your heart and and then um, being faithful to the scriptures, to teach the scriptures, be focused on the scripture. And then in verse 8 of Deuteronomy 6, it's, it talks about the scripture. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. Mm-hmm. Now, if you go to Israel, and it's been this way for centuries, a lot of the rabbis have a leather strap with a little box with a scripture mm-hmm. in it. Uh, which is oftentimes verse one or verse four, hero Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And they'll have a, a strap around their head with a little box. So they took it literally 
that they got to have scripture yes. tied. Yes. But that, you know, I, I believe that Moses here giving them the word of the Lord was saying, hey, have it in your hands and in, in your, your loyalty and to God and how you serve and how you use your hands and loyalty in your thinking. So I, I've thought some about the mark of the beast and wondering if some of it might be uh, more than literal. It's a, a commitment of loyalty to everything that isn't Christ, the Antichrist, uh, in, in service and in mind. Or it could be both, but certainly even if it is a mark on your forehead or your right hand, uh, it symbolizes, I have made a conscious decision to reject Christ and to hmm. embrace Satan's counterfeit, which is the Antichrist. Okay. So it's obviously you mark yourself saying that you don't want to believe in Christ. Yeah, or this is during only during that seven years. Oh, okay. okay. So, so, so okay. only in the... Yeah, okay. yeah. So during the seven years, and, and I could definitely see literal here. I, I, yeah. I, a lot of this in Revelation, you know, you, you I, I think prophecy becomes illuminated when you need it. I believe okay. that Revelation will become far more clearer for those in the seven years. Okay. I, I really believe that. that. Okay. Uh, uh, chapter four on through the end of the book is that tribulation and then on into the millennium and uh, of Revelation. And I, I think they're going to really understand it. So during the tribulation, okay. under Antichrist rule, again, we are not here... Um, you know, okay. you think about credit cards and the ability to scan, you know, yeah. we never have yeah. had that. Mike, you were talking about how, boy, 44 years ago when you came to faith, you know. You I, paid cash. You paid cash. So, <laughs> you didn't charge you know, anything. now you could see something that, yeah. uh, yes. so it could be literal, but I think it's also, if not symbolic of my heart, my head and my hands, loyalty to everything that is not Christ, it's certainly both. Okay. You're not forced to take the mark. Take the mark gotcha. of the beast. Believers won't take it. Uh, right. They will. They will know. I'm not going to that. pledge yeah. my allegiance to the Antichrist, which is yeah. everything embodied in him that is not Christ. Yeah. Christ is humble. The Antichrist is proud. Uh, Christ wants to serve. The Antichrist wants to be served. It's it, everything about the Antichrist okay. is. Anti-Christ. Yeah, and I think it's important for people to realize, I, I totally agree, uh, the mark will be something that's known, it's something mm -hmm. visible, it's, it's something tangible, but there's meaning behind it. And I don't think a person who's a non-believer is just going to get the mark and then realize, oh no, half an hour ago I got the mark and now I've made a big mistake in my life. I think it's going to be a conscious decision. I am... I'm ascribing to this form of government, which is the Antichrist. Let me read to you here. It says, He causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their foreheads, and no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man. His number is 666. Well, like you said, it's not fully revealed to us, but um, they're not going to be able to buy or sell. So in other words, you can't do commerce. You can't get food. You can't buy transportation. You can't get from point A to B. You can't go to work. You don't know. You no longer have a job. You can buy nothing. So you're not part of the world system when you check out mm -hmm. of this. Okay. So, yeah. so today, 
uh, compared to 44 years ago when I came to faith in 1977, things have changed a lot. Credit cards, I don't know how much money I spend in the course of a year, but 99% is on a credit card. I just choose to do my transactions that way. It's simple. Oh, it's easy. I have a record. <laughs> yes. And so I don't use cash. Uh, if someone steals my credit card, I call, it's canceled, I get a new one in 24 hours or so. So there will be reasons that you will want to, beneficial reasons to join this program of having this, whatever it is on your right hand or your forehead. It could be an invisible scan uh, ability. You go to the grocery store, they just scan your right hand. If you don't have a right arm, they scan your forehead. Uh, but it will be able, you'll be able to be part of their system. But you'll know when you take it, I fully believe, you are deciding to leave God, godliness, and those people who are believing that way, and you're choosing Satan, the Antichrist, that whole focus in life. You're, yeah. you're going the wrong way, and you know it when you do it. Yes. But there will be great benefits to do that. Yep. And Mike, what Mike is really emphasizing here is, uh, you know, from time to time you hear someone who is worried, have I somehow mistakenly got, got the mark yeah. of the beast? Yeah. Two things again. One, if you're a believer, you're not here. For those that are that are here during that seven-year period of time, the tribulation, um, there's no taking the mark mistakenly. And I think that's what the point you're driving home. There's, yep. right. you know, if someone's listening, by the way, if you're listening to this podcast and you wonder <laughs> where everybody you. went, yes. <laughs> you, you've gone back. The podcast is so many years old. Yes, uh, right. You know, oh my trust goodness. Jesus Christ as your Savior. That's right. All that's happening right now. Oh if you're, my if, if 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 the believers have vanished, for those of you that are listening right now, trust Christ. Reject the Antichrist. <laughs> trust Jesus Christ as your Savior that he died on the cross for your sins. That's always been the hope. Yeah, that That's was right. really cool. You just gave me goosebumps. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got to, you know, you as we know, talked before right? the broadcast, these things know. live on. So. Yes, it's true. <laughs> now, I don't know if you've been to some place before. You go into Disneyland or someplace, and they want to put a stamp on your hand if you go out to your car and come back. <laughs> I always put out my left well. hand. <laughs> uh, just to be <laughs> not, sure. Huh? Not that I think that smart, just but yeah. I just uh, I noticed you wear your hand. Camino Chapel staff name tag. <laughs> on your left side too, Mike. On the Just covering yeah, the bases. Yeah. Oh, I never put it on my thing. forehead. Never no. put it on your forehead. <laughs> so it's, it is kind of interesting, though, that technology mm-hmm. now, yes. if, you're, if you're looking at a timeline, yeah. what wouldn't have worked 50 years ago works yeah. so smooth today. You know, they put a little, you can put a barcode on something and scan it. You know, mm-hmm. the 666. We don't know what that means yet. It's not been revealed yet. What if it's a bar scan of some type? Maybe it's invisible. It's been laser... Yeah laser burned onto your skin, and it's three sets of six lines. I mean, that's six, that's, six, six. Yeah. <clears throat> so we just don't know what that looks like yet. Right. You, if you lose your dog, they have a tattoo in the lip, or you can put a chip inside of them. Yeah. Uh, animals that they're <laughs> tracking around the world, they put a little grain of rice chip, microchip in them. Yeah. That could be implanted under your right hand, under your forehead. So the technology is there. And it wasn't not too long ago. So it just shows you things are progressing towards the end. All right, friends. So be sure to come back for part two of this conversation. That'll be on Thursday the 15th. And 
we are going to be talking about one of my favorite topics, which is heaven. I mean, I cannot wait to see what heaven is like, and I know that it's going to just be amazing. So we talk about that, Um, but I hate asking this, you guys. I really do, just because I feel like I sound needy, maybe. I don't know, but I need your guys' help, all right? I want this podcast to get big, right? Not because of for myself. I mean, I am the host and it's kind of cool to see this thing grow, right? But I have so many awesome people who come on here who are stepping out of their comfort zone and sharing their story. And they want to bring these stories to your guys' ears. And I want to reach even more people if I can with their stories. So to get higher up on the charts, to get more people to see this podcast, I need your help by subscribing and also rating this podcast. Plus, if you leave a comment, I love reading those when I get them. It's so cool to hear what you guys are thinking and how you are feeling about all this. And I'm sure it's awesome for the people, the guests that come on here to see those as well. So if you could, that would be awesome. Okay, so anyways, you guys, I hope you have a great rest of your week. And don't forget to come back on Thursday the 15th.